0: listening to First Church Charlotte. All right, all right. Good to see all of you in the house of the Lord here today. I am excited about what the Lord is doing in this hour, in this time. I, I, uh, a couple things real quick, housekeeping, first of all. We're trying to get back into first steps. And if you have been attending our church and you'd like to go through the process of membership or even if you would like to just have a place where you can safely ask me and other pastoral staff uh, anything, Um, We've created First Steps for that, and we try to give you a guide to integration uh, to our church. We want you to feel that the doors are open, and our light is on, and we want to have not just like a religious time together in a church context, but we want to do life together. And that takes us opening to you and you opening to us. Uh, That's the only way we do spiritual life together. Otherwise, it's just a lot of religious lectures. And uh, so that's not as effective as us being knit together like the body of Christ. And so um, this is the way to do it. There is a sign-up sheet out front if you want to uh, physically sign. Otherwise, you could just send an email to Pastor at firstchurchclt.com. Uh, we will connect with you. We're still trying to figure out the best way to do it whether or not we do it in person, after service like we've done, whether or not we eat, uh, whether or not we do it remotely, whether or not we do it by Zoom. And the only way we can know that is to connect with those of you who uh, are getting to know us and coming into fellowship with us. Some of you were in the middle of our Uh, First Steps process and we had to uh, shut down because of COVID for a while. Uh, we want you to come back aboard. We want to connect with you so we can do spiritual life together. Uh, that's number one. Number two, we are going. We take. We are collecting an offering to send to the churches and the people in Lake Charles that were just. They're really the storm just devastated that region. There's a lot of needs there. Um, our kiosks by the exit doors. You can just use an envelope, earmark that for the storm offering. You can go onto the app and you will see there's a selection uh, where you can give to that. Directly, uh, We want to be generous. Can I have a big amen? All right, so uh, I am wanting to let all of you know that we are continuing to see God do great, wonderful things among us. We have had a surprising amount of people... Uh, get baptized during covid you would think that would not happen but we have baptized a surprising amount of people we actually have another baptism scheduled uh soon if you haven't been baptized and taken on the name of jesus as a as a both covering and as spiritual identity uh don't be an orphan let yourself be adopted into the family of god and uh, we will help you with that, and we continue to be available uh, to serve and to help anyone. Turn with me in the scripture. I'm going to uh, let you stay seated because we're going to read a good uh, longer portion today, and I think it would be more efficient for us to uh, remain seated uh, for this reading. Often we stand for the reading of the word, and that is always, uh, always good, and sometimes we sit depending on the structure of our teaching. My, my title today, I have a title and then I have a subtitle. Uh, And I figured out that I would just give you two for the price of one. That's the good news. The bad news is it's going to take me twice as long to preach it. And so prepare yourself for a long uh, summer's rest. Uh, Just no sleeping allowed. How many of you was excited when you walked out of your house this morning and you felt a little bit of fall in the air? Some of us have been praying that God would deliver us from Hades for three months now. In fact, I was going to preach on judgment today, and I walked outside. I said, nope, preaching on grace, preaching on grace. (laughs) Uh, It is a beautiful uh, transition. Of course, we'll probably get nailed with 110 degrees. Anyway, moving along. Uh, I am preaching from this subject. the, The title is this, Situation for Revelation, a situation for a revelation. That's the first title. My subtitle is this, Why You Are Going to Make It. A situation for a revelation and why you are going to make it. This is where pre-COVID, I'd have you turn around to somebody and say, tell your neighbor that they're mighty lucky to be sitting by you. But nowadays, we're like... "Mm -hmm." So... I'm excited for what the Lord will do among us. I believe the presence of the Lord was here in our 9 a.m. service. It was just such a powerful move through the whole, every part of the service just had the move and the touch of the Holy Ghost upon it, so I'm excited. We're going to read Acts chapter number 27, verse number 13, when the south wind blew softly. Supposing that they had obtained their desire, putting out to sea, they sailed close by Crete, but not long after, a tempestuous headwind arose called Eurycladon. So when the ship was caught and could not head into the wind, we let her drive. This is called dancing with a gorilla. <laughs> you stop whenever the gorilla wants to stop. And uh, the wind was stronger than their ability to row, so they let the ship go and running under the shelter of an island called Clouda, we secured the skiff with difficulty know all these little details it reads like an adventure story when they had taken it on board they used Tables to undergird the ship. These ancient ships uh, had connection problems. The, they didn't have steel like we do. They had wood. Uh, but unless anything that wasn't bound with a peg of wood would be corroded by the salt water. They had iron and uh, they had maybe some steel, but not like we do. Um, they had lots of iron. Iron will corrode super fast. So when you build the ship, you have to use pegs, wooden pegs, to hold things together. Uh, otherwise, they will rot and the ship will come apart. The, 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 the iron will corrode and the ship will come apart. And in the, the, the slamming of the sword and the fear uh, that the ship would come apart, what did they do? They took the same cables that they would use to secure the ship from the wind or to use the sails. Just bless the little guy, Lord. I know what it's like when my mother took me out as a little guy. <laughs> I came back in in a body bag, so that never worked out well. <laughs> Thank God that He's a resurrection God, and that's the only reason why I'm here today. And they this shows their fear. They take the same cables they would secure the cells in the, the ship, and they, they 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 swim under the ship and they bind it together, afraid it's going to fall apart. And uh, then having done they having tried to bind the ship together, um, they. They feared that they would run aground on the uh, Syrtis sands. They struck sail uh, and were so driven. They took a chance that the wind would push them faster. Uh, then the current would drive them into the sandbars or the, 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 the ground that would destroy the ship. And you can see the details, the drama, the fear that they are caught, they're doing everything they can do and it's not enough. Does that, has that ever felt like a life uh, that you've lived? You're doing everything you can do and it's not enough. And you are leaping from disaster to disaster, from fear to fear. Or let me say it this way, from bad decision to bad decision. Didn't get any amens on that, but Lord, I was walking down some of you guys' aisles. Don't be acting righteous with me. And here we are, this, on the horns of a dilemma, to use vernacular, and they, they, they think if the current's going to run us into that, and we're going to be destroyed, but the wind's kind of blowing that way, let's put up a cell, and the wind will, there is no way they can win, They are stuck in a storm. Uh, And you read, because we were exceedingly tempest-tossed, the next day they lightened the ship. Everything that they could throw overboard, they began throwing uh, overboard. Now, when... On the third day, the Bible says, we threw the ship's tackle overboard with our own hands. Now, when neither sun nor star appeared for many days, they're caught, driven by the storm, and no small tempest beat upon us. In other words, a big tempest beat upon them. All hope that we would be saved was finally given up. But after a long abstinence from food, then Paul stood in the midst of them and said, "Men, you should have listened to me and not have sailed from Crete and incurred this disaster and loss. Now I urge you to take heart, for there will be no loss of life among you, but only the ship, for there stood by me this night an angel of the God to whom I belong and to whom I serve." Paul is able to stand in faith and speak faith because he is clear of his spiritual identity. You see, if you are not clear about who you are in God and who's in control of your life, declaration will always feel absurd to you. You guys have been around church long enough to understand what we mean when we talk about declaration. This is when you, with your voice and your mouth, identify the promises of God and claim them publicly in your life. This is what we mean with declaration. So you are afraid that you're going to lose your health. You stand and you declare that God is your physician. Yeah. You've just added your public testimony to God's promise. Now, perhaps in a way that wasn't the case before, you stand upon a place of spiritual identity. And you say, God is my physician. God is able to heal this body. You speak to your fear. But here's a truth for you. If you are struggling with identity... It, spiritual identity. If you're struggling with who God is and your relationship to Him, declaration will feel absurd to you. So rather than living by faith, you will live by scheming. Are anybody Is anybody listening to me here today? What do, when, what do we do when we don't have faith? Well, we scheme. When we can't trust that God's going to do it, we try to do it. When we don't believe that God's in control, we place ourselves in control and we are placed in this condition where there is no good decisions because usually we don't even know the nature of the storm we are fighting. Identity in God allows you to get out of the business of why this and how that and get in the business of spiritual declaration. God is in control. I've come to tell somebody today, living In a storm, God's in control of your storm. I've come to tell you that in spite of everything you're going through, God has not forgotten about you, God has not abandoned you, God has not brought you this far to leave you on the side of the road as though you were of no value to Him. He knows how many hairs are on your head he knows every trial that the enemy has brought against you and he who has begun a good work in you is able to complete it can i get a witness in this apostolic house Paul can stand in declaration because he's a clear in spiritual identity. I'm going to say that again. Paul can stand in declaration because he's clear in spiritual identity. He's not just a lost sailor. He's not just a lost citizen. He knows who he is in God and he can say, yes, it would have been better if you had listened to me. In the first part of this chapter, uh, they are trying to get to Rome. And the reason why they're trying to get to Rome is because uh, the ship is carrying trade goods from uh, the Holy Land area up into this, uh, uh, Italy, the Horn of Italy, and uh, they have pushed it late into the season. If you want to get uh, to Rome from uh, this part of the world, uh, you have to use the trade winds to make your journey uh, better. Now, in the first part of the spring, the spring through the summer, uh, the winds are favorable. They're not always blowing uh, directly there, but they're not against you. Oftentimes, they're coming across you. And when they talk about the south wind, it's, it's, it's coming across them. Or it's pushing them. Uh, wind is identified by where it's from as opposed to where it's going. That messes us non-weather people up sometimes. And so uh, you see this. You see they can get there if they leave at the right time. But if they push it too late, the wind's going to change. And now it will work against them. And if it's mild, they can overcome it through hard work. They can row. They can overcome it. Ships were able to do that. If the wind was mild, but if the wind had any bite to it, you cannot outrow the wind. They have pushed it late into the year. A centurion has been given uh, authority over Paul. Paul is being sent to Rome where he has been, he has asked for trial and the Bible says that it was the will of God for him to stand before Caesar. Paul will, at the level of... uh, The nations and empires, Paul will serve as a witness to the people, uh, to the, the, the empire of Rome of the movement that is following Jesus Christ. We'll be known as Christians in years to come. That's Paul's spiritual destiny. When you have destiny, any number of troubles can come, but it's okay because God has established destiny in your life. And so Paul is going as a a prisoner and they are trying to find a ship one of the last ships of the season is wrestling with this issue should we try to make it or should we wait for spring should we try to make it or should we wait for spring now paul is not a sailor paul is not experienced in the way of sailing however paul is god's man and he has the word of knowledge And whatever God tells you to do, like Mary said to the servants uh, after directing them toward Jesus, whatever he says, you do it. That's some pretty good preaching there. Whatever God says in your life, that's what you ought to do. And so Paul says it's not going to work. We need to wait for spring. And they decide to chance it anyway. Like every decision of the flesh or most decisions of the flesh i should say uh, it starts out well uh, it seemed like their plan is going to work but uh, the plan soon falls apart because god can see beyond the horizon all we can see is the horizons of our life and so we plan everything on the basis of horizons but we forget that god kno- knows what is going on on the other side of our world and they strike out to make it and you ready The story with me, the storm grips them. Paul stands with them and says, You should have listened to me and not sailed, but now. In New King James, it says, and now, most translations, it says, but now, I urge you to take heart, for there will be no loss of life among you and only of the ship. There stood by me this night an angel of the God to whom I belong and whom I serve, and uh, <laughs> the angel said, do not be afraid, Paul, you must be brought before Caesar. Indeed, God. God has granted you all those who sell with you. Take heart, men, for I believe God that it will be just as He told me. I believe God, it will be just as He told me. Now they have they have found themselves in a terrible storm as we read together. And here's the truth. One thing storms teach you is that you are not in control the profound lesson of the storm is that you are, you, you are not in control. Uh, Paul is on his way, and Paul has destiny. Everyone else is just working a job. They're just living their life. Paul has spiritual destiny upon him. I want every one of you who are striving to live your life for God to be reminded today that you are not just sent once. Every day you enter your harvest field, you are sent. Scent is not past tense, sent is in the here and now. Tomorrow when you walk out of your house, you get in your car and you drive to work, you may have many things in your mind that doesn't particularly in some way prep you to be God's man or God's woman, but your reality will not have changed if you're going to do this right, you're going to be an ambassador for the Most High, that means you are sent in the here and now, not just the there and And then that means uh, God has a work for you to do today. Can I have a big amen in this house? You need to live your life with this reality. I am sent in the here and now. The calling of God was not just an experience I had in my past. It wasn't even a moment of, say, salvation in my life. It is the reason why I'm here and not there. There's only one reason you're still here and not there, and that but that is because God has many souls in this city. That is because God has decided to knit your talents, your abilities, your calling together with this local church that you could make a difference in the here and now. Here are the men. Yes, they should have listened to Paul, but they didn't. Yes, they should have heeded the word of God, but they didn't. Yes, they should have wintered where they were and not pursued this risky journey, but they didn't. That sounds like a lot of us. If we could go back, we could make a lot better decisions. I talk to people so many times that feel like they missed uh, opportunity in their life, and now they're just in maintenance mode, because if they would have listened to the preacher when they were young, if they would have spent a few better years making better decisions in their 20s, then... There is this reality that, yes, the storm is here, and yes, the trouble is here, and it would have been better if we made better decisions. Does that mean we're on our own now? Does that mean that destiny has ended? I want you to hear this preacher today. Okay, it's a storm. Okay, life has taught you. You do not have control, but I want to tell you this. God still has control. Just because you have no control does not mean that God is not in control. You are not a random citizen. You are not a random prisoner. God will stand by you and say, I have ordained a work for you to do. And so here you see this reality Uh, Yeah, we should have made better decisions. What now? Paul will say, and we read it together, after he admits they should have made a better decision, and after he has reminded them so his credibility perhaps will be received by them now, he says to them, uh, that saying that I said, uh, and now, or but now. Let's move on. Let's believe there is purpose in the middle of this storm. I want to uh, perhaps try to convey something uh, that I think is necessary for real spiritual maturity to work out in our life. And that is this. God will create situations that enable revelation. There are situations in our life that will uh, enable revelations in our life. And you will see this repeatedly in the scripture. You will see storms used repeatedly in the scripture as a situation for a revelation. The disciples are upon the sea and a great storm, a great wind comes and what do they do? They panic. Jesus isn't with them but Jesus comes walking upon the sea. There is a moment of revelation in the situation. And yes, the situation is painful. And yes, there is no control in the situation. And yes, there is raging fear in the situation. But usually, if you know who you are, the situation is an open door to spiritual revelation. The reason why you're going to make it, Paul is saying, is because I know who I am in God. And God has a destiny for me to And as long as you're with me, God has given you into my hand. Why are you going to make it? Because you figured your problem out? No, that's not going to be why you make it. Why are you going to make it? Because you come up with a scheme that will outwit the trauma and the pain and the suffering in your life. No, that's not why you're going to make it. Let me tell you why you're going to make it. Although you're in the storm, Almighty God is above the storm. And as long as you stand by Him, you are destined to make it. You are destined to survive and I love this passage stay with me just a moment more I love this passage he says verse 26 and and I, this to me is uh, is so fun he says nevertheless we must run aground on some island I'll tell you why I love that because Paul doesn't have gills and he knows that salvation is going to come in the form of them running aground somewhere Oh, I love this because I know exactly that feeling where I feel lost at sea, and I have no solution in the here and now. And it's as though Paul says, well, look, I I don't know uh, how we're going to get out of this, but uh, we're going to run aground somewhere. Why? God's not done with me. We're going to run aground somewhere. Do you see the mix of the practical and the spiritual? That is exactly how we have to live our lives. One hand on the spiritual and another hand on the practical. Paul says God's not done with us and therefore we're going to be saved. That's the spiritual. Here's the practical. we got to come to ground somewhere. This is exactly how we live our lives, my brothers and sisters. There is the spiritual promises of God. And when you are clear on who you are in God, it enables you to stand in declaration and you proclaim the promises of God in your life. But at the same time, there is this realization of the practical. I am not a fish. Hear how practical he is? Therefore, I've got to be taken back to land. I don't know which land. I'm not particularly picky. God could not run me aground in Italy, totally good with Italy, we'll have some pasta and see the sights. God could not run us aground into a Mediterranean island, I'm good with that. He could even blow us all the way back to the African continent and there we are, we'll find us an oasis and get dried out. I don't know how it's going to happen, but God said it, so look for land. We live our lives at the intersection of heaven and earth. We live our life between the spiritual promise and the practical acceptance. I know God's going to do it, so I'm looking for land. Do you know where we are? No. I don't even know where we're going. But wherever we're going, there will be land. I am stuck with one hand in the spiritual and one hand upon the practical. I need land, therefore God is going to supply me some dirt. I don't know what you're facing in your life, but I tell you, God's going to bring you through it. I can't tell you which continent you're going to land on. I can't tell you which island. It may be God does a work that no one even knows how it happened, but it happened. How many people do we have in this house who are testimonies that God has done a work in their life and they don't even know how it happened. But all they know was God made a way where there seemed to be no way. You say in your heart, I don't know where I'm at. I don't know how it can happen. I say to you, as a witness of the promises of God, this is the reality. You're not made to live in the sea. You're not a fish. God's going to wash you up somewhere. I don't know how God's going to do it, but God's going to wash you up somewhere. You're going to blow up on some island somewhere. Why? God's got to deliver me from the mess I'm in. I love the spiritual, an angel and a practical. Keep your eye out for land. I love it. This is the story of believers. We are in this world, but not of this world. We are sojourners and pilgrims and we lay our, we grab the promises of God with everything that was in us. And then we look to see what God's going to do. I don't know how you're going to help me with the rent this month, Lord, but I know I'm not going to be living in the bushes I don't know how it's going to happen. Uh, the Living Way Church in Lake Charles just found out that their building uh, is, is, has been totaled. They, that there's nothing they can save there, and they're going to literally raise it to the ground. This will be the kind of story it ends up being before it's over. The enemy meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. Yeah. This is the story of God working in your life. You have to grab hold of the spiritual and then in confidence look to see how God's going to do it. I don't know how he's going to heal me, but I believe he's going to heal me. I don't know how he's going to help me get out of this debt, but I believe God's going to help me get out of this debt. I'm looking to see what God's going to do. I'm kind of like up in the front of the ship looking, saying, is there land over there or is there land over there? I'm, I'm equal opportunity. I just know God's going to do something. Those of you who feel at your wits end, you're living in a failing career, you're broke, you're sick in your body, you might be living in a relationship that seems to be falling apart, I'm here to tell you this, I don't know how God's going to do it. I will take any kind of a solution. And you would be well advised to take any kind of a solution to, I don't know how he's going to do it, but God is going to make a way in your life. And there's going to be, when you're going to be able to stand, there's going to be a day when you're going to stand in testimony and say, I had no idea what God was about to do in my life. But out of that came victory. I'm almost done. Musicians, you can come. This is the reality that we are, all of us, living in. And I believe that this is for someone here today because uh, I, you may have noticed if you, you download my notes, there's no notes for you today. Um, the reason why that is is I worked all week on these notes for today, and I was ready to preach different message. Uh, maybe I'll, I still have the idea in my head. Maybe I'll do it another time. Uh, And I I, I woke up Saturday morning and uh, I was trying to open my notes and somehow... The IT department of hell got involved in my computer, and I deleted my notes in a way where I could not... I'm pretty tech-savvy. I'm not just up there, you know, all thumbs. I kind of... kind of. I'm pretty tech-savvy, and um, I could not recover it because I had not saved it in the word processor. I thought I was deleting something else, and I sat there. I had just got done with our our leaders. We have a Saturday morning leaders meeting, and I'm still looking at my notes, and two days of preparation is gone, and I Had nothing, and I wanted to say, Oh my, and then that's when I said, Oh my. (laughs) I told myself, Lord, tell you what, if you'll just put something in my heart for somebody this Sunday, I'll just give it to them. And I felt the Spirit tell me, Tell them why they're going to make it. And I said, Lord, I don't know why they're going to make it. He said, maybe you should find a Bible story. And so I literally sat at my desk and I flipped through my Bible. I started reading story after story. And let me tell you, if you do that, if you're panicking on Saturday... And you want to do a good job because these people listen to you a lot. And you really worry about doing a good job because you can tell when they're bored with you. But anyway, enough about this section. No, I'm just teasing. <laughs> I'm just teasing, having fun. Um, <laughs> you want to do a good job, you worry about it. I, I, I worry about it. I, I want to, uh, the Lord deserves me to care, not just throw something together because I was in the mood. And, uh, and, and, and you, if you do that, I feel myself kind of panicking. I'm like going Bible story, Bible story. Lord, where's the Bible story? And this is the realization every story in the Bible involves this contest of kingdoms. And there is what the enemy is trying to stop and there is what God is trying to accomplish. And the people are suffering stuck between a contest of kingdoms and they always are presented with trouble as an invitation to doubt and fear and they're always given a promise as invitation to believe and proclaim and they decide in the friction between two worlds pressing together where their words are going to be spoken in the friction of your life between heaven and earth, between the good and the bad, between what hell wants to destroy and God wants to construct. In the tension of your life, you live in the heat of the tension and the pressure and the friction of two kingdoms. But if you know who you are and if you know who he is, you now have confidence to speak spiritual declaration. And declaration does not require you to know how God is going to do it. And it does not require you to know why it all happened. It doesn't even require you to explain how you made all the bad decisions that you made. All it requires is for you to say, God's going to do it, so let's look for land. I'm just looking for land. And what do they find? They find land. The ship breaks up. They're washed ashore. And the island is an island that doesn't even have a name. They didn't even know how God was going to save them. But what did God do? He saved them. They didn't know how he was going to do it. There was not even a name for the way God was going to save them. But they were still looking for land. They wash up on this. You see, when you stand in declaration, you come out of the storm with more faith Why? Because it was a situation that gave you revelation. It revealed something to you. Paul comes out of the storm with greater greater faith. And what happens right after this, I think is so. uh, Remember, if you've been following my Wednesday night Bible studies, I've talked about prophecy recently and I've talked about how action and image can be acted out in prophecy. It can become a prophetic word. It's acted out in the Old Testament. Um, If you want... you can watch the last two Wednesday night Bible studies for more explanation on that. What happens next is one of those moments when the prophet acts out a prophecy. It is prophetic, but it is not in the form of words. It's in the forms, the form of actions. And here, here, here. They're saved by God from a storm that would destroy and they're saved in a way they don't even have a word for. They don't even have a name for it. They're saved. They come out and now after the storm they start to build a fire because the storm has passed but they're at risk of exposure. They've got to build a fire and so they build this fire and as Paul is helping build the fire, notice these images. Uh, A serpent, uh, a poisonous viper, strikes him in in his, in his arm, I believe it was in his arm, wherever it was, it bites him, and it's hanging on to his body. Now, this is when Paul panics and finally gives up on faith, right? No, why not? Because he came out of the storm with more faith, not less. In the storm, he connected with who God was and who he was. And he spoke God's provision to the fear of the moment. God brings him through, and the devil is waiting on the other side of victory, just like the devil. And the devil, in the image, you see, this image of the serpent strikes him and is hanging off his body. Paul is not weaker in faith. The Bible says, note the image, he walks over to the fire and shakes the serpent off in the fire. What am I talking about? This is what I want you to get. First of all, you're going to make it. If you would like to write that down and put it on the door of your refrigerator, you know where you go in the middle of the night to stare at the door of your refrigerator and tell yourself why you should not have that piece of pie that your wife doesn't know you're cheating. Mm, mm, just let that be a word to somebody here. Just let that be a word. Write it on your refrigerator door. You're going to make it. Say it with me. I am going to make it. I am going to make it. I am going to make it. The reason why I'm going to make it is not because I figured everything out, but because God is standing by me. And when God is protecting you, there ain't a thing in hell that can put its hands upon you. That's why I'm going to make it. Secondly, all the junk is going to reveal how great God is in my life. The enemy meant it for evil. God's going to transform it into testimony. It will be a situation that leads to revelation. And lastly, when you stand upon who you are in God and you release your control to God's control, you will come out of the storm with more faith. I'm talking to somebody. You need to grab a hold of this. You will come out of this storm with more faith than you went into it with. You will come out of this pain with more faith than you went into it with. You will come out of the crisis you're living through. The, 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 the financial disaster you're trying to, to, to make your way through. You will come out of it with more faith. Why? Because in the storm, it wasn't just a situation. It was a revelation. And you are coming through your storm. Would you stand with me all over the house? Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. In just a moment, our worship team is going to lead us in praise and worship. I want us right now to, I want us right now to uh, surrender our storms to God. Uh, I, I, want, I want you to do that. This is an act of your will. This is confession, okay? You surrendering. Let me, if you're struggling with declaration, if you don't feel powerful, I know some of y'all are so spiritual, you, you, you always feel powerful, but sometimes I don't feel very powerful. And I want to go over one of some of y'all's house so y'all can be powerful. Um, I need someone else to be powerful. I'm just trying to make it. Some of y'all don't understand. Some of you do. If you're not able to feel confident with declaration, start with confession. Confession is the step down. Here goes confession. We're going to do all do this. Lord, I know I have this trouble. You're going to help me with it. I don't know how it's going to happen, but I'm giving it to you. I'm releasing it. I'm surrendering it to you. My storm, I can—I conf- I, I release it to you. Have thine own way, Lord. All across the church, if those of you joining with us online, do this right now in your living room. Confess your storm to God, Lord. We are surrendering this to your care. If we had an easy solution to the circumstances of our life, we we would have long since exercised that solution and we would have moved on. But Lord, we do not have an easy solution. We are being driven upon a storm. We are in fear. We are in fear of things we cannot control. Lord, I'm praying for the people right now. I feel like like some of them aren't even here today and I'm praying for them right in their living room or in their kitchen table, wherever they're watching this, Lord. I'm praying that they would learn that they're never going to control the storm. They're never going to outrow the storm. They are caught in the grip of something that is bigger than they are. They must see that it's not bigger than you are, Lord. I'm praying right now that they would simply be able to stand upon the promise of God and look for an answer from whatever corner it comes from, from whatever quarter it presents itself. I'm praying, Lord Jesus, that we would stop with the fear, the self-talk of doubt, the self-talk of discouragement, and we would stand upon declaration. In Jesus name we pray. In Jesus name we pray. We surrender it right now to you. Come on somebody do it right now. Oh, I just want you to I want you to stand in the, the promises of God here today. Uh, just stand on the promises of God. Reassure yourself of who you are. Remind yourself of who he is. Yeah. And then look for land. <laughs> you won't know the name of it. You will you don't know where it's coming from. You're so storm-tossed and exhausted. You're not seeing straight. You're hallucinating. But while you're hallucinating, God's working on your behalf. I want to speak to this church as a body. I wish I could say this in every church of America right now, every, every sincere church, even if they're not exactly what we are in, their, uh, in uh, their theological inheritance, I would like to say if you're sincerely trying to do anything for God and if you're making any difference and if you're putting Jesus at the forefront, I'm telling you, the Lord is going to be with you. You cannot call upon the name of Jesus. You cannot speak the promises of God without having the power of God manifest in your life. God's going to bring the church through. You know what the churches in southwestern Louisiana are preaching right now? God's going to bring us through this. Their buildings are destroyed. You know what they're preaching? God's going to bring us through this. You know what they're doing? They're, 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 they're getting, they have connections with agencies that help, and the agencies are using their parking lot, and people from the city are driving through their parking lot and getting bags of groceries. What do you do in a storm? You say, look, God's put all of you in my hand. <laughs> and as long as when you're with me, well, hey, we have a destiny in God. It's going to be all right. We're just looking for land. Whatever you're going through, you are going to make it. But I repeat myself, and again I say, you are going to make it. One more time, put your hands together, lift your voice, give God a shout of triumph in this house. Thank you for listening to First Church Charlotte. If this podcast has blessed you, please rate it with four or five stars. By doing so, you will help others find our free podcast and bless them.